This is episode 232 of the Empowered Team Podcast. Welcome to the Empowered Team Podcast, where we explore how to optimize your performance in career, sport, and life. And now your host, executive coach and life strategist, Kari Schneider. Welcome to the Empowered Team Podcast. I am so fortunate today to be here with Dr. Lisa Coach, and I'm going to give you a quick little synopsis, which is kind of a big synopsis of Lisa's background, which is that she's a triple board certified physician, a functional medicine and longevity expert, and quantum energy practitioner. She's the founder and director of Spectra Wellness Solutions, an international speaker, author, and a Tony Robbins lead physician for his Life Mastery Health Program. She specializes in anti-aging and biohacking through regenerative, traditional, and integrative medicine, and has a passion for helping others find true healing in both their mind and body. Dr. Lisa has dedicated her career to cracking the code and making it simple for people to heal themselves and achieve peak performance. Now, clearly, I did not memorize all of that. I was able to read a bit of a bio, but I had to because, and really wanted to deliver it that way so that people understand where you're coming from, where your heart sits and your passion sits and how important this work is for you. It's literally your life's passion and you're an expert in the field. So, so grateful to have you here. Welcome Dr. Lisa coach. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as well. Amazing. Okay. So I, I have a little intel and it's that not only are you passionate about what you do, but it's a, um, it may have started as a labor of survival versus a labor of love. So can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you started to, um, go deeper and further into different fields of healing versus the traditional medical, uh, protocol? Absolutely. So I like to say I was gifted with childhood leukemia. So I was diagnosed at age of 15. I was on top of my game at that point. It was like the end of ninth grade. My parents were really cool because I was getting to go live in England for the summer. Um, and I just had to go because my dad's a professor. He was, he was going to be doing work there. And all I did was go for a finger stick for a camp physical for when I got home. And I was in my last class of the day. And they came, pulled me out, and it was a call that something was wrong. So I went in just a flash from being that kind of lit on top of my game person to kind of in the dark saying, wait, what? I feel fine. I was uh, just going to say, did you not feel anything? You didn't no, have any sort of I, It had happened in such a way. Well, I was lucky that they caught it before I started feeling bad, but it had happened in a way that was not quite as sudden. And so it just was picked up in my hemoglobin was seven, which it's supposed to be 15. So they thought it was an error. But then after multitude of tests, I got the diagnosis and I had to go through the rest of high school um, with a steroid face and a wig and get, you know, numerous procedures that they now put people to sleep for. I was wide awake and my mom was not allowed in the room. So it's a lot of very um, sort of traumatic stuff I had to go through. But I knew even at that age, there was a purpose and I trusted and I was able to get through it, you know, pretty well without even being in a hospital during those three years. But then I was, my hair had all grown back, which was the hardest part as a teenager. Um, 
And I was about to start my junior year in college. I was in Atlanta at Emory, uh, Emory undergrad. And I went for my first ever pap smear. They found a mass on my ovary and the whole story started again. They thought it was a cyst. And I woke up from surgery in the, in the recovery room and it was hidden leukemic cells. So my parents freaked out and I had to go. We were lucky enough to have an uncle who had a studio in New York City that was walking distance to Sloan Kettering, which is like a mecca for cancer care. And the guru there on relapsed ALL, which is what I had, um, took me on, even though we had a waiting list. So right then, all the hair, my junior year, I was about to start in, at, at Emory. I ended up doing a physics class at night while I was going through chemo. I went into heart failure from one of the drugs. And that was another massive turning point. Um, lucky enough that I got through the therapies again, but I was sort of left with um, what's been to this point, a lifetime, not daily, but of intermittent issues with my heart. Um, so I rebounded then and I knew I wanted to go to try to figure out the why, because I would ask everybody, well, why did I get sick? And nobody had an answer. And I don't just accept um, that. And so when I went to my first ever medical school interview, I told the guy asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, oh, I want to be a pediatric oncologist. Of course, I've got to help these kids. And he cha helped change my life too, because he looked at me and he said, no, you don't. Are you sure about that? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I want to prevent somebody from ever having to do this. So that's kind of what put, took me down the path of internal medicine residency because it was like the broadest approach I could get to the human body. And as I was in my internship and uh, as I was in medical school and then my residency, I kept asking the same questions with the patients that would come in. So they'd come in with a multitude of symptoms. They'd get scans or tests. They'd get a diagnosis. No why was being answered for them either. So I just kept my quest for answers. My curiosity led me to start my practice in a preventive way. I started with a group of cardiologists doing the prevention side. So I was doing, I taught myself nutrition and integrative medicine. I brought in uh, a nutritionist and a psychologist because we were did a lot of work with obesity and uh, gastric bypass. <clears throat> but I learned a lot through that about just nutrients for any body type. And I kept going because what would happen is whether it was my patients or it was my body, there would always be something new that would pop up. And then I would seek as a seeker, a truth seeker, I would seek outside of the mainstream paradigm, even though I was sort of in it, but I created my own fellowship and I studied vascular, I studied obesity, and then I eventually found functional medicine. And I've had a team collaborative approach to medicine from day one, where it started with the nutritionist psychologist. And then I brought in a naturopath who does muscle testing, which has been an invaluable uh, addition to my practice. And I've worked with a muscle tester <clears throat> or kinesiologist for 14 years. And I do some muscle testing myself. And so for your listeners who don't know what that is, it's a reflex where you can actually touch different acupuncture points and tell what's going on with the body just um, by a neurological type response. Um, so that piece came in and I brought in an upper cervical Cairo who gets C1 in alignment using a sound wave. And that was another game changer. So different stages, whether it was when I had my daughter and nobody knew if I could even get pregnant, I had her after five years of chemo and that one ovary. Um, then I got Hashimoto's and I know you're, you're struggling with some thyroid. So I got Hashimoto's and psoriasis and sinus problems. And that's when even again, I was reassured that traditional medicine did not 
have the answers. So, so going back for just a second, there, there's a few things that you've pointed to that I think are so valuable for people to really receive. And one of them is that in your quest to find out why most physicians, even ones that you've been interacting with, they don't know. They don't know why. And they're not typically looking for the why some are, but did you ever find out why for you, you think that some of the illnesses came about? So maybe starting with a leukemia or something else. Is there, is there a discovery that you made for yourself personally? I absolutely love that question. And I, I, I knew I just connected with you from the second we started chatting because nobody has ever asked me that. Um, which you would think that they would, but because how would a 15 year old, like, how would you go back and say, why would a 15 year old get cancer? Um, and I, I mean, the why for me, that part comes in sort of more, the more recent part of my life. So about seven years ago, my heart gave out, I was at a very high level of stress. So I was actually able to have another child after my daughter, I crashed really bad. Um, after about five years of repairing all these different things that went wrong and, and, you know, eye problems, sinus problems, psoriasis, Hashimoto's, I thought I was ready to try again. I had a miscarriage and I was just trusting that it, I was so lucky to have one kid. It didn't matter if I would have another. Um, but I had my son at 41 with five years of chemo, that one ovary and no fertility. Um, when I delivered him, it was a cardiac emergency. So he was delivered under cardiac general anesthesia because my heart gave out. So I've had these times with the pregnancies where my heart would give out. And then um, seven years ago, it happened again. I had the young baby, my son. I had my daughter running around everywhere, like, you know, doing all the competitive sports. I had a busy practice. I had a sh sort of struggling relationship at home. And I, my heart was, just was done. And I end, found myself in the hospital room and the my cardiologist who I've known for 20 years was fighting with the heart transplant team. They wanted me in the list for a transplant. And I just asked, you know, what else do you want? All I do is serve, like, what's the next thing I'm supposed to learn? And it was, you don't serve yourself. So that was the massive awakening. And I, I had already been doing a lot of deep spiritual work and working with shamans and different types of healers um, to try to understand my life. And when I go back to the leukemia, it was some of the different early childhood work I've done of, <clears throat> I had a very wonderful family. Actually, my parents are incredibly loving. I have two sisters. Um, but it, I think I can't, a lot of us come into this planet energetically evolved beyond our parents, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I think I just kept trying to fix it. I was always a happy, upbeat kid. I would, I was already had that internal thing of uh, accommodating and people pleasing. It just, there wasn't a clear reason where it came from. And I think the leukemia came in to try to get me out of that really to like wake me up to, you know, being present and being sovereign. And I didn't quite learn the lesson, but it also clearly came in to make sure that I stayed on my healing path for the planet and didn't go become an accountant. <laughs> um, so I I'm going to just point to something that you said. Um uh, being able to be your sovereign. And I'm going to describe this in a subtly different term for the benefit of the listeners as well, because we often live in a society that rewards very productive, direct, 
Um, and I'm going to call it masculine type of behavior. And there's nothing wrong with masculine at all. However, what happens is a lot of women end up being um, put into that type of behavior because it's rewarded, not realizing that there's a very much different flip side to that, which is the feminine energy, which is very much about receiving, very much about nourishing, very much about being, very much about presence versus productivity or outcomes. So that um, I'm, I'm just saying this so that when you say sovereign and you say your highest self, that the listeners can step into whether they're male or female, we have male or female listeners, but they're all achievers. They're all producers. They're all go-getters. They're former athletes, business leaders. That's, uh, you know, people who help other people. They're leaders of some form or another. And I want them to hear that, that sovereign term that you use from the space of your whole self, being able to be masculine and feminine, being able to be present and productive or one or the other and be that complete version of yourself. And what it sounds like you described is just this, this willing to, willingness to serve and this willingness to help and this willingness to fix. And yet there was this need within you to be whole and be able to receive and be able to be nourished and to be able to just be is that is that um oh it's so beautifully said yeah thank you i mean i a lot of what i teach is the balance of divine feminine and masculine it's exactly one of the things i i'm very passionate about talking because we we come into this earth and then we become a daughter or a son or we become a husband or a wife over time or we become a boss or you know we have roles and we tend to live our roles and like you said we get cultural um feedback and worthiness defined by this external world and most of us through time have no idea who we actually are so that that soul searching piece has been a lot of what i've really expanded on more in the past 10 years but understanding you're right no matter what sex we are the balance of divine feminine and masculine traits is something that we're all searching for it's 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 challenging you know i have a uh, research background and I love science and it's challenging for so many people who are um, very outcome-based or science-based to really bring in that whole other realm that it's that may not make sense to them because it's it's easier to speak in ones and zeros and and what's been proven versus speak to something that's far less understood by, by most even experts. Um, so yeah. And I think COVID has helped that, right? So over the past couple of years, we've seen an exact example of what you just said, which is the science is not making sense. And people are finally starting to come around and be more open that we may just not know everything. I, I, I actually have played with something I call the three principles of truth that have been a big piece of my journey that involve this exact point that you're making. Um, so uh, one is that it may be true, but it's just not discovered yet, right? So there are lots of things that we take for granted as normal that we didn't know about. Um, and then number two is it may be true, but blocked or sabotaged by expectations or somebody else's agenda. 
Um, and number three is it may be true, but blocked by our own subconscious fears and self-doubts and unworthiness and, and that piece. So if your listeners, and this is pretty deep topic, I know, but if, if your listeners are somebody who tends to always have that pressure of being on top of their game, I think we're at a place in, in human history where to stay at the top, this piece of inward work and accepting the divine of masculine and feminine, all of us and finding that cooperative, collaborative, empathic, but also leader energy is what not only is going to help us stay on top of business, but it's going to allow our physical vessels because we're such energetic beings. We're starting to understand that's another thing that wasn't in science before. It's going to allow that to get to levels that we actually don't we've not seen on this planet yet. Right. So, you know, the four minute mile story, but what else can we do? Mm -hmm. So do you get, do you get some resistance or pushback from other medical professionals? So yes, um, I do over the, I would say over time, just because I, since at least in my area here in Tampa, which is, you know, a very growing, amazing city, um, people knew that I was, I was, I, I was approaching functional medicine and integrative medicine with a background that had a solid MD internal medicine residency, like that helped. Plus I've also been here long enough now that, you know, they hear maybe from, it's mostly they hear through patients, which is really interesting, you know, stories about how much I've helped the patients they spread, but they also come back and tell me when the doctor's saying something negative about me, which is just kind of funny. They're like my little, um, you know, well, police, uh, they, they yeah. go after them. But I would say what's been the most interesting with that question has been COVID because um, I've been very outspoken about sort of my opinions about how it was handled. And some doctors in, in town or nationally would like say negative things, especially like on social media and, and a couple locally, especially are now completely 180 because they're seeing patients with so many issues and they actually care about the patient and they don't know what to do with them. So now they're sending them to me. I have, I have, um, good friends in the medical realm who have a solid training and background in, in anything from pediatrics to, um, to immunology, to, uh, allergy specialists, to, um, overseeing multiple other doctors. And it's, it's almost, I, what I'm seeing from some people is that it's almost, um, you almost can't you you have to consider something different than what's currently or what's been traditionally done because it's just not working. And so many people are so sick in so many ways. Even the people like myself who I eat well, I exercise, I know all the things about high performance and then, and then I'm sick. And so, so what's, what's the missing link? And that's when people like myself or people like very well-trained professionals, physicians ha don't have to, but have a lot of reason to explore something different because what is missing? There's, there has to be so much missing and, and to be naive enough to think that we know it all or that we know so much about things. The more we know, the more we realize we don't know. And the more people are becoming more and more sick, then what, what are we, what are we missing in the, in the medical field? Um, you, you, do you primarily, uh, have 
women patients or do you see everyone or what is your I, I'd probably have 60, 40 women to men. So I still have a fair amount of, of men in my practice as well. And I think um, the way the energy is shifting, <clears throat> a lot of times men are really struggling almost more than women right now because they don't, you know, if I'm not going to stay in this sort of, you know, go, 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 top of my game, the same thing with our women that are living more in their masculine energy all the time, that ability to slip into the feminine side is, is scary because it's the unknown. And will I not have my career and my, worth. So uh, working with both, I, I enjoy. And, and what are you finding are if you had to list the top three that maybe men or women or men and women are experiencing in terms of illnesses or conditions? What are the top three conditions or illnesses that you're seeing across all or separately? I don't know if they're different, but what are you seeing? Um, okay, well, Let's, let's answer that two ways. So symptoms first. So fatigue, brain fog um, would probably be fatigue, brain fog, and maybe um, insomnia or anxiety, depression. Those are probably the top three symptoms, inability to handle stress. Um, from actual medical diagnoses, uh, I'd say autoimmune, like what happened with you, um, for sure seems to be going, going up. Uh, blood sugar issues whether it's full on diabetes or like we're having a lot of fit people. Like I bet a lot of your listeners, if they were to check their blood sugars, they could be like, no, I'm an athlete. This isn't going to happen to me. And, and their blood sugars are high. Um, so that's another big one. Sometimes also high, high blood pressure in addition to blood sugar, cardiac issues as well. So this has shifted a little bit um, even post COVID and, and vaccine issues. We're seeing, a lot of people with a multitude of symptoms they didn't have before and the timing, you know, could be related to either one. So. And if, if, when you, I know that I'm going to, I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to guess that based on your background, based on what I already know about you, that, that, and also the integrative practicing and functional medicine, simply that there's not going to be one thing that you're going to recommend. There's going to be a, a toolbox perhaps of multiple things that are going to support multiple, uh, ways of healing for whatever the thing is. However, where, where do you start? You're nodding in agreement. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's going to be, there's going to be this approach and this approach. And over here, there's the nutritional and the psychology, just like you said, in high performance support sport, we used to have a performance enhancement team. There was a sports psych and the sport nutritionist and the strength and conditioning and the physio <laughs> and the so on. So how, is there one that you start with? Is there one thing that you know that is foundational to everyone start with these one, two, three steps in order to start moving the needle in the autoimmune, in the insomnia, in the blood sugar, blood pressure? I would say the number one thing is what we just talked about, which is questioning things. So can you, or are you ready to accept that what you've been told may not be true? I mean, that is probably the biggest piece of advice I could give anybody, because if you look at who the experts are in medicine, for example, like, let's just talk about medicine. The experts have climbed up a hierarchy, right? So that means they are part of an institution, whether it's a university or a big conglomerate or a hospital system. Um, those clinics slash, you know, expert in the field type of places 
you must toe the company line. So the mavericks, the questioners, who the people who I believe are true scientists, they're not experts. So I would just push your listeners to be open. That's the first thing, because if you're going to only go with science-backed things, you're going to be way behind what you could be. And then it would be definitely, I know if they're athletes, they're already paying attention to their food, um, but the food has gotten dirtier and dirtier. So I think, unfortunately, the way that the food is being grown, the, the fact that nobody is kind of sticking up for, for clean farming, and now there's pushback to like even growing your own, but really being cautious about what you put in your mouth is going to be number one. I think also looking at medications, um, just all, what are you putting in your body day in and day out, uh, decreasing toxic load because that keeps going up. And then what I've done, because you're hundred percent right. It's a multitude of things. It's a step. It's a journey is what I'd like to describe it as. So I view myself as a guide so that I can help people step through, I call them 11 pillars of, of healing. And so I I've divided them into healing pillars and performance pillars. So the first like five are things like gut and thyroid and hormones and stress and infections and like getting all those things stabilized or people may have treated them before, but they can come back, especially if you're not going into the performance side of really going within looking at sovereignty can and what for me what sovereignty is is having your own needs and not just always serving everybody else so can you allow yourself to do that um in terms of a spiritual journey willing to go within willing to question everything but also there's so many exciting new things in medicine so from peptides to stem cells to like optimizing your mitochondria with different types of hacks um, all of these things are going to help with the illnesses we talked about, with the symptoms we talked about. Um, so I think it's where you are. The one thing would be truth seeker, like questioning. But then when you're ready to actually start, it's going to be more where you are. Like, are you somebody who feels like you've already worked with functional medicine practitioners and your gut's doing great and you're taking your vitamins and you're eating super clean and then something still pops in, right? Like what happened with you? Well, guess what? There's other things that you probably haven't addressed. Mm -hmm. We all have parasites. We have chronic Epstein-Barr. We have, um, you know, different types of things that happen to our mitochondria, especially when we're athletes, mitochondria gets trashed. They mm -hmm. are not made for that level of stress. So kind of, it's a little bit individualized, but you can find your way on, on the path. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And what you're describing are, are so many of the recent discoveries that I've made for my own um, healing as I'm, I'm attempting to heal this naturally without meds. And, mm. um, and when I say this, some of my listeners wouldn't know that I've been diagnosed with Graves disease. And so the things that you're talking about, and I'm going to use myself in a, as an example for a second here is that most people would think of me and think that I am one of the healthiest people they know, and that I do all the right things. And Sure, it would be easy to say that. But when I did what you just suggested, which is explore what I've been told that may not be true, there are, you know, some harsh truths that I had to look at. And it's exactly what you're pointing to in that putting everyone else's needs over my own, including having multiple and many years of past traumas that simply got compacted and set aside and never 
truly healed or never truly dealt with, but just, okay, that's done with have to move on because I have a family to support or a business to run or people to serve or survival in some form money to make or for survival in some form or another. And, and that's by the way, key with autoimmune, because what is autoimmune? It's attack of self. Mm -hmm. So we see that exact pattern, which is why I think it's going rampant right now. Um, it's a predominantly female issue, but we are seeing it in men as well. And more men, um, in that self-sacrificial people pleasing accommodator, um, when it all costs on the outside yep. person who, um, yep. it's, it's the success or the achievement for self-efficacy, which it doesn't exist. It's the try to achieve the thing or try to serve the person to feel good about the self, which isn't isn't a path to self-love. It's actually just simply accepting whatever is there. And it's, so it's, it's truly seeing a lot of those, um, hard truths in order to then take the steps. And other hard truths are simply things like, oh, well, I, I don't have a problem with dairy. I don't have a problem with gluten. I never have. I'm, I'm fine. I eat those things are no problem. And then reading something that said along the lines of everyone who has an autoimmune thing, disease, whatever it is, likely has some level of leaky gut. Right. So for me, and I, I say this because I'm sure that most of my listeners are healthy mm -hmm. and they are doing the things that they believe are fine. Mm -hmm. They're fine with dairy. They're fine with gluten. They're fine with all of these things. And I was never a person to demonize dairy or gluten or anything like that. I have friends who are are dairy farmers. However, that doesn't take into account the mono that I had and the strep that I had and the other viruses that are in my body and also the lack of recovery that I had for years from very intense training, like Olympic level training and lack of recovery and massive amounts of stress. And so then my body simply can't handle those things. And little did I know that, oh, I have leaky gut and I had no idea. And I have potentially parasites and had no idea. So I say this because there are so many people like myself who I think are literally walking on a line that they don't realize that it's going to be one thing that then pushes them over the line. And for me, it was it was two things that happened on the same weekend. It was, I had a cold and this cold, I just couldn't seem to kick. And I had a whole bunch of relationship stress. And then the next day, my heart rate was skyrocketed. I ended up going to the hospital for beta blockers. I ended up and didn't know what was going on. But anyway, point being is that I meditate, I eat well, I have veggies with every meal, I work out, I get outdoors, I do all the things. And then there's this compacted trash of history and there's this viral load in my body. And then there's this com constant bombardment of inflammation that I didn't know was happening. And so I share this simply because so many of us I've had so many people say to me, you are one of the healthiest people I know. If this can happen to you, it's making me question some of the things that I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. And, awesome. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, look at me. I was, I was at the top of my game at 15. I was 15. I was a healthy kid, you know? So that, that was part of why that was such a gift because from the beginning, when I was studying this, I knew things could pop up and what's on the surface is not necessarily always what's going on inside. And I think it's good because there's more and more tests that are coming out ways to kind of look deeper than what the traditional model has taught us. Um, but it hasn't caught up. And unfortunately, mainstream medicine has incentives for it not to. So I, I do believe that um, the traditional medical model is intentionally being held in the dark. That is, and 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 my goal is to help people, you know, get out of that dark. And and my book is called Get Lit. That's that's my first book. I'm working on my second one, which is a little bit more of my own personal journey and and helping people on their journey. But I think if you if your listeners start with the truth, um, if do the basic things that they that you just talked about nutritionally, um, understanding that there are foods we didn't think were a problem that could be. There's a lot of great ways to work on leaky gut, which pretty much everyone has. If you've never treated it, and frankly, even if you treated it, you can get it again. If you've had a lot of high stress, if you've been eating poorly, if you take too much Advil, if you take antibiotics, if you have surgery, so people may have to treat that again. That's always that's my first pillar on my on my journey that I take people through. So um, I want to I want to get to I think you run a program. I want I want you to share that. But first, uh, tell me what some of the tests are that people should know about or be recommending, and potentially also some of your favorite hacks that are newer that people can start to tap into. So what are some of the tests people should be asking for? Well, tests have now gotten to where you can even do some of them at home. I mean, there's, there's criticism, but uh, of both, but there's a test called Viome where you can do at home testing for your gut. I think it's probably a good place to start higher level testing. You have to find a functional medicine doc and do something like Genova, which is one of the brands that, I, I mean, one of the companies that has a really comprehensive, amazing uh, evaluation for stool for leaky gut. <clears throat> there are other companies that will look for everything from mold exposure, Lyme exposure, um, other chronic infectious things. There are parasitic screening tests. I will make the caveat that a lot of it still is not there where it needs to be. Now, their muscle testing it is amazing, but it's very operator dependent. So if you can find a practitioner that is well adept in uh, kinesiology and muscle testing, it can save you a lot of time and money. Um, but I think any of starting with at home stuff it, for your listeners would be great. And then um, the other question you asked about newer things, um, you're probably seeing a lot of hacks around from cold therapy to light therapy and wondering sort of what they're about um, and peptides. And what I love is that medicine is finally at, as in the dark ages as it is from a truth standpoint, in my opinion. Um, there's also a lot of very exciting things that are still coming out. So we're now, we have up to a thousand peptides and peptides are little small strings of amino acids that can reset your body's cellular communication without suppressing it. So very exciting and everything from performance. So there's a lot of mitochondrial and they're not, um, some of them, there's only a couple that are banned. Like these are relatively natural substances, um, they're, they're just mimicking a natural string of amino acids. So from performance to weight to um, anxiety and depression, their peptides are exciting. And then a lot of the hacking sort of concepts, meaning 
if you give micro stressors, like cold, like fasting, like light therapy, you're going to trigger mitochondrial biogenesis, which is just a big fancy word for you can make new powerhouses, new energy producing mitochondria in your body. Um, so that's exciting as well. And people can do that at home, you know, turn the cold shower on at the end for 30 seconds to a minute or take, you know, get in a, make your bath with filled with ice that has true benefit long-term red light therapy is also one of my favorites. That's fantastic. And, and do you have a favorite blood glucose monitor that you recommend for your patients? Yeah, we use, well, we tend to use one that you have to prescribe called Dexcom, which is a continuous one. I, I do like the continuous glucose monitors and there's a lot that are on the market. Uh, Dexcom is great because it seems to be a little bit more accurate. If you can get a practitioner to write a script for you, um, it's a little expensive to buy out of pocket, but that's are there any lower priced ones that people can get that yeah, are the NutraSense one I think is better. Um, and then Freestyle has a pretty, it's called Freestyle Libra. They have a pretty decent cash option. So you could also ask your doc. Most docs would be willing to write the script and you can just pay out of pocket if you don't have a sugar diagnosis, which most people don't that are using them now. So and you have a, you have a program, I think that supports people in their journey of healing, whatever that may look like. What's that called? And what's that like? So the program that I'm just about to launch, we did a beta test with over 50 people had great results. It's called the lit journey. So it is, you know, how to take you back to that lit optimal version of yourself. And we go through five healing pillars into the six performance pillars. There's a lot of spiritual work in it, along with the actual physical recommendations and supplementation and things. Um, so that can be, all that can be found, um, drlisacoach.com. There's a forward slash links and all my events. Cause we also do, um, re retreats on optimization using sort of the mind body connection and, and the physical and events and, and this course that's going to be coming out. That is very powerful. You, you are clearly putting it all out there. You've got multiple resources for people to help heal along their journey, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a book, whether it's the actual program, plus your practice as well. You're really putting it all out there for yourself. What would you say is the one thing that really helps you stay at your best, your grounded, your health, whatever it is, what's the one thing for you that you cannot do without? Uh, probably nature. Uh, and, and then like, so whether it's just touching a tree feet in the earth, um, very much in, in connection with, with trees. Um, but it's just allowing, it, it took me a really long time just to allow myself to have needs, um, uh, and not just go and be serving every, anyone and everyone. And so that, that piece of, um, listeners can take when you, if your phone beeps, if, if some, if you have a decision to make, if you can stop for one second and say, is this nourishing me or draining me? Mm -hmm. If it, and if you, if it's something that you have a choice over, so if you can choose not to respond to that text, because it's going to drain you choose not to, if it's an event that your partner's asking you to go to, if it's a draining response, just say no, but I'll go do this. So like just trying to shift and actually figure out who you are and what you need. And it also goes for the yeses too. So I had a big shift when I realized this and I wanted to go to a conference and it was in California and I had, I went through my too many patients. I have the kids, my husband's going to kill me. I did it. And instead I bypassed this. I went into my heart and I asked it, it said, yes, this will nourish me. And I just clicked and I walked out of the room and said, I'm going to California. So sometimes we have to just take the leap 
and then do the work and, and, and that self-love and that healing will actually really start to occur. That's very, very powerful. Is there, is there one thing that you would, that you would share either your past self when you were diagnosed with one of the new things? So maybe it was the Hashimoto's, maybe it was the challenges, the heart failure that you're dealing with as you have the birth of a child. Is there one thing that you, your now self would say to that past self that, um, would serve you then? I think it would be, um, the universe always has your back and it has a way of cranking up how it gets your attention. So the problems tend to get a little bit, um, more interesting if you ignore the warning signs. So it would have been, listen to the warning sign, love yourself, do, you know, serve out of love, but serve yourself first. And I think I could have avoided a, a lot of the, um, interesting journeys, but I I'm, I'm thankful for all of them because they've led me to this knowledge that I can share with the world. What a beautiful message to impart to your past self, but also to your to our listeners in that heed the warning signs, take care of yourself, love yourself. And it it's, you know, there's a reason that this is here. So it's so powerful. Well, if our, to find you, you're on Instagram uh, your website is drlisacoach.com uh, and you're on Facebook as well, correct? Yes, all of Dr. Lisa Coach. Beautiful. Your book is Get Lit and we will put some of these links in our show notes as well. So check the show notes and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on again at another time. We can go deeper yet. And thank you so much for being with us. That sounds great. Thank you for all you are doing as well. If you enjoy listening to the Empowered Team podcast, you'll love being on the Empowered Team. The Empowered Team is our group coaching and accountability program where we provide the tools, skills, and community for you to grow your self-mastery as a leader and optimize your results alongside other leaders. The Empowered Team runs year-round. To learn more about our leadership consulting for business and our Empowered Team group coaching, head to www.theempowered.ca slash empowered-learn-more. That's www.theempowered.ca slash empowered-learn-more. We can't wait for you to join us. Let's go.